Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So if you're taking notes, the title of today's message is Jesus, the better life. Jesus, the better life. And we're going to show or we're going to see that through submission and because of the example Jesus set before us, because he submitted unto the Father, we can be blessed and have a better life on our own. It says this, we're going to be in verses 7 through 9, and then we're going to jump to verse 17, and then we're going to jump to verse 24. But as we read these verses, you're going to see a common thread in everything that we read. And we pick it up in verse 7. It says this, remember your leaders those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led astray by diverse and strange teachings for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not been benefited those devoted to them. Verse 17, obey your leaders, submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning for that be no advantage to you. And then last, verse 24, greet all your leaders and all the saints, those who come from Italy, send you greetings. Remember, obey, and greet. These are the things that we're going to be talking about and how to handle spiritual submission and authority. But let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help our time together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for everybody gathered here today. We believe that nobody came to church, nobody stepped foot in this building by accident. We believe that you yourself brought them, they were led by you, Holy Spirit, whether they were forced by somebody in their family or a friend, that there's no mistakes in the building tonight or today. We just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would have your way. You would speak to us in a mighty and powerful way, more than just a man with a microphone. My voice can't change anybody, can't help anybody, but you, Holy Spirit, can. I pray that as we read your word, it would come alive and it would speak to us, challenge us and encourage us and make us better today. Lord, I pray for anybody here for the first time that doesn't have a relationship with you, Jesus. They don't know you, Jesus. That today would be the day they make the greatest decision ever, which is by submitting our lives to you, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Thank you, Tyler, for the piano man. You're the best, bro. We love Tyler. He's awesome. So after World War II, a famous general, Douglas MacArthur, was meeting his enemy, a Japanese general. And the meeting was set up for the Japanese general to officially surrender, ending the war and ending our conflict with Japan. So these two men are face to face and the Japanese general sticks out his hand to shake MacArthur's hand. And MacArthur says this, sir, I cannot shake your hand until you first surrender your sword. What he meant was, is that we can't be friends as long as that sword is hanging on your hip. Give me the sword and then we can shake hands. Ultimately, they shook hands, the war ended, but I think about this illustration, I can't help but think how it can relate to as many of us. You see, if we could be honest, a lot of us have the right heart. We want to shake God's hand, but we're still holding on to our sword. And you're saying, well, Phil, I'm not, a, I'm not a Japanese general. I'm not a samurai. What sword are you talking about? I'm talking about the sword of our will. 
meaning I want to get close to God. I want God's blessings. I want God's wisdom. I, got, I want God's benefits, but I still want to do things my own way. That I have this tension where I love God. I love church. I love my connect group. I love serving on dream team, but I still have my own way of thinking. My own way of thinking about politicians, about my sexuality, about what I'm supposed to do before marriage. I have my own thoughts and my own thinking, and that conflicts with what God actually says and what we're supposed to do. There's a tension. And I believe until we surrender and submit to God and God's people, we may never grow or see in fruition the people, the men and women God has called us to be and the lives that we're supposed to live. The blessings we're supposed to receive, the maturity we're supposed to experience because we refuse to submit or surrender our way of thinking and go all in on God. And the truth is, if you truly want to be successful and you want God to trust you with more, you have to have a somebody or a somebodies around you that you are submitted to because that's for your protection. Submission is for your protection. Here's what I'll say to me personally. I'm not dead today or my life is not a complete mess today because I am in submission. Who am I in submission to? Well, when I raised my hand on a, on a youth camp, I was 17 years old at a youth camp. I was away from my parents, away from my cell phone, and the pastor asked who wants to give their life to Jesus. I lifted up my hand, and though the wording submission wasn't given, what I did was I submitted my life and put it into the hands of Jesus. I said, I don't want to live my way anymore. I feel like my way doesn't work. I'm always angry. It's dead end after dead end. I'm going after things that don't work. So I put my life in the hands of Jesus. I submit. I surrender. I'm done doing things my own way. That's, that's submission to Jesus. I also submitted to my parents. Hey, you live under my roof. You do what I say. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Submission. I submit to Pastor Alex. He is the lead pastor of this church. God has given him and Diana a vision. They have things they want to get done. And my job is to make sure I help them succeed in that vision for their life and for what God has for them in this church. And if Alex says I need to change some things, I submit and say, Pastor Alex, I, I thank you for seeing that flaw. I'll get it done. It's not, it's not a negative thing. It's for protection and growth and spirituality. I submit to my wife. Now, before you, got, before you start sending me emails, listen to me. I'm the man of the house. I'm the man of the house. But my wife has every right to speak wisdom and advice to my life. Okay? But I'm the man of the house. Okay? Just, just you know. Okay? Before I get an email, like, I knew this church was... It's progressive thinking in here. Um but I make sure I live a life worthy to let my wife know that I got her back. And I'm, I'm going to take this family where God wants us to go. That, that's what I mean when I say that I submit to her, though I am the man and we have the structure, how the Bible says, I promise you. I also submit to my daughter. What I mean is I want to make sure that when she looks at my life and how I treat her mother and how our marriage is, she would know everything that we do and I do is to put food on the table, to teach her values. I'm making sure my life is, I, I can't just do whatever I want. My daughter is, I'm submitted to her looking at my life and saying, hey, I'm proud of my father. Is this making sense? Okay, submission is for our protection. The problem is society and sometimes the church has made this a negative word that nobody wants to obey. 
And here's the thing. I love how Pastor John Piper puts it. He says this, anything that enhances my individual liberty to do as I please is good. And anything that encumbers me and limits my ability to do as I please is bad. That's the spirit we breathe in America. And there's a reason why we think submission is a bad word is because submission gets in the way of us being selfish. <laughs> like if we can call, let's be honest, right? I'm, I'm, I'm with I struggle with this too. I'm not, I'm not trying to make myself a, to be a saint. It's that submission is literally anti-selfishness. It's not about us. It's not about what I want or what I want to do. It's submitting to things that God has told me to do and believing that if I do those things, I will be blessed. It's not a negative thing. It feels negative because it goes against what we want. And I believe this, the problem we would face is that the blessing of submission will be non-existent in our lives if our whole existence is solely based on our self-will, our self-determination, that my finances takes care of my family, which it does, but God gave you those finances. That my brain is the only thing that is, that's gonna keep my team afloat. That my, like me, 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 I do things on my own. My talents, my gifting, my wisdom, my self-determination. Listen to me. Yes, God has given you those things. They, every good gift James tells us comes from God above. But listen to me. We have to submit and say under God's authority, it'll be better than it was in my authority and my own hands. Listen. The right side is super holy. I love it. <laughs> Here's the thing. All of us, we're on a mission. Believers, we're on a mission. We have an awesome mission, an incredible purpose. Literally, if you're looking for purpose today and you don't know what God put you on this planet to do, I'm about to tell you right now. This is the mission. This is why we are put on this planet. Our mission, all of us, is to get people to Jesus, to live holy, to be good fathers and mothers, to have marriages that last, and to help as many people go from hell to heaven as possible. That's our mission. Now, here's the thing. If all of us collectively, the church at large, if we're going to reach this mission, we have to submit to something and someone that is thinking about that same mission as you are. And not only that, they're thinking about you and your life and your family and your well-being and your spirituality. Because the thing is, I think a lot of us, if we could be honest, community isn't hard for us. It's the right community that's hard for us. Because a lot of us, we have the mission that Jesus gave us, but we're running in the opposite direction towards the wrong people. And it's like, I want to make sure when I look to the left and to the right, everybody that's in my circle, in my family, around me, has the same mission and nobody's going opposite and dragging me down back to the ways that God saved me from. It's the mission. That's why we have this. And here's an example. If you're saying, well, I'm not a Christian. I don't need to be submitted. Okay, I'll give you a Christian or I'll give you somebody who isn't a Christian who submitted. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I know Dolphins fans just cried inside as I said that name. It's like Voldemort to Harry Potter. It's like, oh my God, don't say that name, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is arguably one of the greatest football players, for sure the greatest quarterback to ever live. But listen to me, even the best of the best is submitted. There is a man in Tom Brady's life named Alex Guerrero, and Alex Guerrero tells the best of the best what to eat, what to drink, how to work out, what time to be up, how to get his body right, everything. Tom Brady is submitted to Alex Guerrero. Why? Because Tom Brady has a mission to be the best, to win a Super Bowl. And Alex Guerrero, he submits under him because Alex Guerrero helps him submit that mission to that mission. It's not rocket science. If you want to get better, you want the best life. Submission gets you there. 
But what happens is we, we don't want to get better. or We, we, we say we want to get it, but we, we have the wrong attitude towards submission and we don't get better. And what happens is we'll say things like, well, that person can't, who's that person to tell me anything? That person can't tell me nothing. I disagree with that decision. I don't want to be on this team. I want to serve on that team. Why do I got to serve on this team? Uh, I should be on the platform more. Why can't we do things my way? I should be team lead. My husband doesn't know anything. My professor doesn't know anything. And we say things this, this all the time. And here's the thing, church, this is why we got to be careful. This is exactly what the enemy wants for you. He wants you to think like that. That's his design. The enemy wants you to see submission and authority as negative, as weak, and unimportant. Why? Because this mindset spawns gossip, it spawns obstacles, and it spawns ultimately division. That if we can start gossiping about each other, our pastors, our leaders, our bosses, our coworkers, division takes place. Gossip takes place. Obstacles and the vision of God for our lives and your lives in the church, it gets halted because of this type of thinking. Look what it says in Romans 16, uh, verses 17 and 18. I appeal to you, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Watch out for these type of people. Gossipers, people that create obstacles. People that just, every time you're around them, it's like, there's always a mission. There's always things going on. It's like, hey man, that's not what I'm about. Avoid them, the Bible tells us. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but they're what? Their own. I, me, my appetites, what I want to get done, my opinion, my thoughts, my, what, what I'm hungry for attention, so I'm going to make sure my appetites are filled. By smooth talk, flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. So when it comes to the blessing of submission in the Bible, it's clear. If we submit ourselves to God and to God's people and the processes that the Bible tells us to, guess what? We will get better and it changes our lives forever. And listen to me, church. I really believe this, that the secret to success in your life is submission. That submission will bring you into places where God, like, like think about your workplace. The more you submit to your boss and respect and honor your boss, whether you agree or not, I guarantee you, doing the opposite won't get you more money. That's a fact. Young people, the more you disrespect your teachers and professors, even though they may not teach, I guarantee you, doing the opposite won't get you good grades. Submission leads to success. And guess who the greatest example of this to ever live was? Jesus Christ. Jesus, the son of God, submitted to somebody. Literally, all of Jesus, think of the, the New Testament and when Jesus was on the planet, all of his successes could be found in him submitting to God. Like, I mean, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only go where the Father tells me to go. I only say what the Father tells me and wants me to say. The miracles, the healings, the grandiose acts of Jesus is a direct result of obedience to his father. Not Jesus saying, well, I think I'm going to do my own thing for a little bit. No, it's what does God want for me? What's his mission for me? Why am I on this planet? He submitted and guess what? There was fruit. There was miracles. There was blessings. There was teachings. It all came from submission. Now, here's the thing. Submission isn't submission until it feels like it, right? Like submission isn't submission until it feels like it. What do you mean? Well, anybody can submit to somebody they like. Anybody can submit 
to a job they like doing or to an assignment they like doing. But true submission to authority doesn't feel like submission to authority until there is conflict, a.k.a. when you don't agree with that person, when you don't necessarily like that person all too well. That's when true submission takes place. And Jesus was an example. Not that he disliked God, no. But that he did something that, if we could be honest, and it says in scripture, Jesus didn't want to do. Here's the thing. I'll paint the picture for you. Jesus, his mission has come. The time has come for him to go on the cross. So he's with the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he goes away to pray and to have alone time and get ready for the most brutal act of torture ever that he's going to go through. And look what it says in Matthew 26, 39 through 40. And going a little farther, Jesus fell on his face and prayed, Father, my father, if it's possible, if you can, God, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. What he's saying is, do I have to go on the cross, God? Like, do I have to do this? Like, is this the only way to save humanity? Is there a less painful way? Is there a fast pass way? Is there another way? Like what? Like there's got to be another way, God. Father, do I have to do this? Because it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to like, like, do I have to do this? And the verse tells us, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus surrendered his want, his desire, and said, God, my father, I'm going to do. It doesn't make sense. I wish there was another way, but I'm going to obey and trust in you. Listen to me. Jesus' submission gave us salvation. Imagine if Jesus would have walked away in that moment. Imagine if Jesus would have said, you know what? I'm not going to go on the cross for these people. Oh, no way. I'm going to do my own thing. Guess what? We all be in big, big trouble. But Jesus says, I'm not big enough to submit to my father. So I'm going to be an example and say, because of my submission, we should all do it. Because if we do it, we'll be blessed because of the cross and what it led to. His submission was an act of love and respect to the Father, but it also put him on that cross, which, guess what, took our sins away, and then he resurrected after three days, and because of that, you and I are going to heaven, but not only that, we're also having purpose on earth. It was submission that saved us. Think about that. It was submission that took care of us, and I don't have to agree with everything the Bible tells me, but I got to obey it. And that's the hard part, right? Because there's a lot of things you're kind of confused. There's gray areas. But here's what I know. That if I obey, I'm going to trust and have faith that God's going to do what he said he's going to do, which is nothing negative, which is nothing bad, but working behind the scenes. But I got to be obedient first. See, a lot of us, we have faith. But faith without works is dead. It's dead. There's got to be obedience. There's got to be something in us that says, okay, I have faith. I'm pumped. We've had six weeks of Hebrews. I love Jesus. But we got we to gotta walk this thing out. There's practical things that we got to do. And here's the thing. Human authority is easy when we've met the supreme authority, Jesus. Come on, if you could submit and surrender to Jesus, then human authority is a cake. It's a piece of cake. It's, I submitted my life to Jesus. I gave everything to Jesus. When I gave my life to Jesus, and I pray that all of us that have made that decision, I gave everything to Jesus. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I I don't have it all together. But overall, everything I do, the way I think, the way I raise my family, how I pastor, everything is how Jesus wants me to do it. And guess what? I'm thankful for it because I'm not that smart. I'm not that strong. I'm not that cool. I'm not any of those things. And so praise God for Jesus. 
A lot of us, we struggle with human authority, but we got to remember, if we submitted to Jesus, now we follow Jesus in that same submission he did to the Father. So when I go to work, guess what? I'm the best worker in that building. I don't show up late. I don't care if, my, I, don't disagree, if I disagree with them. I've had bad bosses. I've had bad teachers. But guess what? That doesn't give me a right to disobey or to treat or to, to put Jesus' name in the mud. Because people see my life. They don't come to church. They just know I'm a Christian. That's all they know. They don't know about Pastor Alex, Calvary, nothing, a dream team. They know that this guy, Phil, comes to work and he's a Christian. But he's late. He's lazy. He does all that. And guess what? I'm not submitting to my boss. A lot of us, that's what we need to do. We have to say, I, be, I represent Jesus wherever I go. And that should make me the best worker, best student, best coworker, best teacher, best whatever. The best, the best, the best, the best. It's not just a, it's not just a, a, a serving team, a dream team thing. It's an everyday thing. That all of us are submitted to Jesus, but also submitted to a human authority. And look what it says in Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will have influence, opportunity, blessings, all that stuff God promises to give to you. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. A lot of blessed there. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Promise, take it to the bank. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So the Bible tells we'll be blessed, but... We first have to submit, obey. Obedience has to be a, a natural result of our relationship with Jesus. Now, if we look at Hebrews 13, the verses that we read, the context of these verses, it is talking about spiritual leaders in the church. And here's the thing about the church. The church is an organism. It's alive. It's moving. It's, it's, we're always on the move, right? But it's also an organization. Because here's the thing. If an organism is not organized, it's going to die. Things that aren't organized don't last very long. And here's the thing. When we talk about heart for the house and we talk about giving money to Hurricane Ian and, and helping people across the world, guess how we can do that? It's by being organized. It's by handling our finances that God gives, that God people bring to the table. Your money, our money. We are organized with money. We're organized with your time. We want to make sure that everything we do is not disrespectful to the excellence that God expects from every single one of us. That's, that's why we are organized. But we got to make sure that as we're part of the organization, there's things that we should do. For real quick, I want to give you some verses just so you can understand why this is important to see the church as an organization because some people don't believe in that. But look what it says in Scripture. Acts 14, 23. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in the church. These are the people that are going to be, like, they're the elders. We're going to appoint church officers. Okay, Titus 1, 5. I left you on the island of Crete. So you can complete our work there and appoint leaders in each town as I instructed you. Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to you all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including church leaders and their structure to the church. Their structure, because we got to have structure to get things done. So these verses in Hebrews that we read earlier today, they are summarizing membership and leadership in the New Testament churches. And so that being said, as believers, now I'll always say this, the principles we're going to share right now, 
yes, it's intended for Christians, but I believe you can, if you're, you don't believe in Jesus and anything like that, that's fine. I still think you can apply these principles in your life and see fruit in your life. And so here's what Hebrews 13, these particular scriptures are saying when it comes to how to treat your leaders and local churches and people in authority. The first thing we need to do is remember them. Remember them. We are told to recognize and follow godly leadership in the body of Christ, the church. Leadership, now this is what it has to look like. Leadership shown to be legitimate by faithfulness to the word of God. Like we need leaders that love the word of God, that believe the word of God, that, that believe it's the truth and nothing, like it is, it is everything. I love my Bible. I, I, I study my Bible. It's not some novel I just read when I have leisurely time. It is my life source. Okay, not only that, we need leaders that live with godly conduct. Like it's one thing to read your Bible, but it's another thing to read your Bible and still act a fool. Like that's not, that's not, there's, there's no correlation there. Right, like if, I, if people are like reading their Bible but still doing all these crazy things, again, nobody's perfect, but, but you're a believer in Jesus and the Holy Spirit's working in you, you should have that conviction and there should be that, that desire to live a godly lifestyle. These are the leaders we're to remember. Such leaders are to be recognized and followed. And just as much as the church needs godly leaders, the church needs godly followers. So here's the question, who do you follow? Like who do you follow? Who do you, like, who's your eye on? Who do you look up to? Who is your source of spiritual guidance and authority and accountability? Because are they faithful to the word of God? Right, we can have friends, we can have, we can have people in our lives, but do they, are they faithful to the word of God and are they faithful to godly conduct? Are their marriages God honoring? Are their families, are their lifestyles, are, they, are their lifestyles literally reciprocal of what the Bible says? These are the people I want in my life. And this is, this is huge, church. Because, listen to me, if you really want to change your life today, like if you came to church, like, I need to change my life. I, I, I'm, I'm in a mess. I've been doing things my own way. I need hope. I need answers. If you really want to change your life, Jesus will do it. But if you want to stay changed, it takes God's people to help you. Like people, like we said earlier, walking in, or running in the same mission, the same direction. Because here's the thing. I know a lot of us have a heart, right? Like, I don't want to leave my Christian friends because they need Jesus, and I, and I get that. But I'll say this. It's easier to bring people down than to pull people up. Listen to me, it's easier to bring people down than to lift somebody up. And this may be a season in your life where you're saying, you know what, I need accountability. I need to submit. I need to submit to people that have been doing this longer than me. I need to submit to people that are wiser, smarter than me because I don't have it all together, and that's okay. Because guess what's going to happen? You're going to be blessed. Nothing like some godly wisdom in your life to help you make a decision on what school to go to, how to handle my finances. My marriage is good and better because I know how to handle my finances because I got under somebody and said, hey, this is how you need to handle your finances when you get married. It's not because, well, I just, you know, I looked up some YouTube videos and this and that. It's like, no, there was, there was tangible accountability because I submitted. I chose. I made a decision. And I believe some of you, once you make that decision, your life will be better for it. And I pray that today will be the day that you will leave here this, this Sunday and say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in a connect group. I'm getting accountability. I'm not doing like, I'm getting around people that love the word of God and live a godly conduct. Because here's the thing, if you don't have that, ask, pray for God to send you people who care about you. Not your gifting, not your talents, not your finances, not what house or car you drive, you. They care about you because they love you and they wanna see you get closer to Jesus and see you thrive on this planet. 
that they love your kids like you do. They take care of your kids. They take care of you like, like, like your family. Ask God, pray, God, bring these people into my life. Or you can ask, not or, I would say, and ask God to send you someone you can be submitted to, a pastor, a leader, a family member, or a friend that knows Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Fine print, warning. People will let you down. People will hurt you. And church hurt is a real thing. But that's why the Hebrew writer says in verse 8, Jesus is the same today, or yesterday, today, and forever, forever, forever. What do you mean that? Okay, listen, we love, we love God's people. We need God's people. But it's Jesus is the ultimate source of our peace, our joy, our wisdom. It's I worship Jesus, not my connect group leader, not my pastors. It's Jesus. And it's always going to be Jesus. He won't fail me. He's not going to fail me like people do. Even the, the best people in your life are going to fail you. But we don't put all of our eggs in that basket. We don't put all of our hope in people. We need them, but they're not our idols. They're not who we worship. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that doesn't change. And if we don't have that perspective, then we're in trouble. Because guess what? When we get church hurt, when a team lead says something bad to us, when a connect group leader doesn't answer a call or something happens, guess who we blame? We blame the church. We blame God's bride. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Now listen to me. If something happened to you and everything's case by case, God is also a God of justice and we don't just let offenses slide, right? That's not what we're saying, that what happened to you just goes out the window and we don't care. No, it'll be handled, but that does not give us a reason because somebody hurt you to talk, to, to talk bad about Jesus. Last time I checked, I, I raised my hand to give my life to Jesus, not to my connect group leader. Like I, I serve Jesus. I worship Je Jesus. Saved my, Jesus went on that cross for me. And so, yes, people are going to hurt me, but it doesn't give me an excuse to bash the church, to just slander the name of Jesus like I, like I, like, like I was never up front, in the, up front here worshiping. Well, I never, like, I, like I didn't get baptized. Like I wasn't on dream team. Like all these things were just fake. It's like, no, it's real because Jesus is real and he will change your life. But people will let you down. Just make sure, just make sure you know that when that does happen, you don't blame Jesus because he's going to take care of you. And church hurt isn't an excuse to disconnect from your faith entirely. It's not. It's not the answer to that problem. Church leaders come and go, but Jesus remains the same. There's a story of a pastor named Warren Wiersbe. He shares a story about moving on to pastor a new church. He says this, after I had announced my resignation from a church I had been pastoring for several years, one of the members said to me, I don't see how I'm going to make it without you. I depend so much on you for my spiritual help. My reply shocked him then the sooner I leave, the sooner you can start depending on the Lord. Never build your life on any servant of God. Build your life on Jesus Christ. He never changes. Right? That's, that's the mindset. Church leaders come and go. High and by seasons of your life, but Jesus never changes. The second thing, obey them. We are to obey our spiritual leaders, obey our teachers, professors, bosses. We are to be submissive to the leaders God gives us. Now listen, assuming that they live the lifestyle mentioned in Hebrews 13, 7. That they love the Bible and they love God. Because here's the thing, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they served Nebuchadnezzar. They honored, they obeyed Nebuchadnezzar until what? Until he told them to worship him instead of God. So, so that's where you got to have discernment and say, okay, my boss is telling me to do some things that don't align with what scripture tells me to do. So you have every right to say, hey, I cannot do this. I'm going to stand on my faith. I'm not going to budge. I'm not pushing. 
but everything else, on time, best worker, helping out, whatever it is, because you're a believer in Jesus. We obey our leaders. This does not mean that pastors and leaders should be dictators. That's not what that's advocating for. Because look what it says in 1 Peter 5, 3, don't lord it over the people. Don't, don't lord over your, your, your title, your influence, your power, but lead them by your own good example. What I tell our youth team is, you submit to me, I submit to you. I wanna make sure that you guys aren't just good youth leaders. I want you to be good husbands and wives and mothers and fathers down there, be good students, making sure that you're doing your homework, respecting authority, all that good stuff. So I, I, I teach submission in that sense. Look what Warren Wiersbe says on submission culture. I have been privileged to preach in many churches in America and have noticed something that where people permit the pastors and elders to lead, there is usually blessing and growth. When we allow the leaders of our church, when we help each other, guess what? We're blessed and we see growth. And that's what I want for this church. And I believe that's happening in this church because of the amazing dream team members that we have here. And I'm not talking about high-handed, egotistical dictatorship, but true spiritual leadership. This is God's pattern for the church. Last thing he says, we're supposed to remember, obey, greet them. In the Bible, the Jews would greet each other by saying shalom, peace. Greeks would often treat, say uh, how to each other saying grace. So shalom, peace, grace, instead of hello, that was their greetings. Paul would combine these two whenever writing, an, uh, writing a letter in the Bible, and he would say, grace and peace be unto you. Now the writer of Hebrews was sending a personal greeting with this last chapter. He was saying hi, he was getting, ca getting caught up on all the news. And this is a good example for us to follow. It's just a greeting, but it has significance because here's the truth. All of us, leaders, dream team members, every Christian should be on speaking terms with their pastors and leaders. Like you should be on speaking terms with the people you do church with. You should be on speaking terms with the people that you serve and do life with. Meaning a lot of us need to get rid of some root of bitterness in our lives that we have towards some people. Because when you come to church, it should be full of joy. You should be ready to worship, ready to serve people. And that people would come into our building and see a bunch of Christians who love each other. Because the Bible says, it's by this, how you love each other, you know that God is real. So a lot of us, we got to check our hearts. Do we have a root of bitterness to say, I don't want to talk to the, my leader. I don't want to talk to my boss. I don't want to talk to my teacher. I don't want to, because guess what? It doesn't just hurt you. Look what it says in Hebrews 12, 15. Look after, each, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows to trouble you because guess what? It's going to corrupt many. Your root of bitterness could be a cancer to the people around you. So we got to be careful. We got to be careful to say, I'm, I'm, I'm submitting, but I'm also making sure that I get nothing in here that's going to stay in here. I got to talk to people. I got to pray about it. I got to get it out because the bigger mission is people seeing Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And I don't want to get in the way of that. And so today, can we learn to submit, obey, have some authority in our lives and not view it as a bad thing, but see it as a blessing that literally can save and change our lives? Because I believe that today, that's what God is calling some of us to do. Why don't we stand up to our feet? We're about to wrap up service here in a minute. I want to pray for a group of people. With every eye closed, every head bowed, just for a moment of privacy, just want to give people a space to just be vulnerable in this, in this moment. Maybe this message spoke directly to what you need right now. 
Maybe this is a prayer that you've been having. Maybe it's a thought you've been having. Maybe it's a need you've been desiring. And you're saying, Phil, I need some help in my life. Like I need some real people in my life to change me, to get me closer to Jesus. The people I've been with, they've been pulling me down. The people I've been looking for advice aren't actually the right people. And I wanna pray that the Holy Spirit will give you discernment today to open the door for toxic people to leave and for the right godly people to enter in. And that your life can be accounted for. You could be protected. You would have people that would help you every step of the way. I'm telling you, your life will change. Your life will change. But you gotta make that step today. So with every eye closed, if you're saying, Phil, that's me, I need prayer. I, want, I, need, I, need, I need, I'm praying right now. Can you pray for me, for somebody to come into my life, for a kingdom connection, a godly connection to happen? If that's you, you're saying, Phil, I need accountability. I need submission. You put your hand up right now. One, two, three, you put your hand up. Awesome, 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 awesome. Holy Spirit, you see every hand up. And I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, you would just help them, counsel them, get the right people in their lives, Lord Jesus. People that want to bless them, that want to help them, that there's no agenda. There's no agenda. They don't need anything from them. They just want to help get them closer to Jesus. I pray for if anybody needs help in their marriage, the right marriages will get around them. If people need help with finances, people that know finances will get around them. People dating right now, people that have, are married will get around those dating. God, whatever the specific situation, Holy Spirit, start to move. Start to put people's name, uh, faces in their, in their minds right now. I pray that they would join a connect group. I pray that this week would not go by without them making a decision to get some it to somebody. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Move and speak and heal people, Lord Jesus. Amen. Last group of people, and this will be it. We'll wrap it up. You're saying, Phil, this all sounds great, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, that's a problem. We got to fix that because Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much that he took his life and he put it on that cross for you and for me because here's the truth. You and I, we're sinners. We're not perfect. We don't, we don't have it all together. And sin separates us from God. You want to change your life? You want God to come in? It, 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 your, your sin has to be removed first. And the only way to remove that sin is to accept and submit to Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Because here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. And we have, there's a lot of good people on this planet. Goodness doesn't remove sin. Doesn't matter how much money you give to charity. Doesn't matter if you have a healthy marriage without God, you're still a sinner and that sin leads to death. And Jesus does not want anybody here to die in the sense that there is no eternity for you. He wants you to experience eternity in heaven where there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, there's hope for your life, but also not just heaven, but while you're here on earth, you have purpose, you have a mission and you won't be alone the days of your life. So how did he do it? He was the son of God. He was with God in heaven. He came down from heaven to earth, was born as a baby, grew up to be a man. And his whole mission was to die on the cross. Jesus, as we read in Matthew 26, he was praying. When he finished praying, he was arrested. He was falsely accused, falsely charged, falsely tried. But guess what? It was a part of the plan. And he was beaten. He was humiliated. He was ostracized. He was abandoned by his friends and his family. And ultimately, he was put on the cross. Hands nailed, feet nailed, a crown of thorns put on his head to make fun of him as a king and he died on that cross he died for you and for me that's who he was thinking about on that cross he was thinking about you how much he loves you how this is going to be salvation is going to be easy now because of what he did they get Jesus' body they put it in a tomb the Bible tells us he's dead for three days but after the third day he rose from the grave and guess what he defeated sin and he defeated death and guess what that's good news for us right here today 
So you're saying, Phil, I'm ready. I, I, I need to change my life. I need Jesus. I, I, I've been doing things my own way. I think I'm the savior of my own life, but, but I'm ready to change. Here's the good news. Jesus did all the hard work, right? All we have to do now is surrender, submit, and accept the free gift of grace that Jesus gave us. So if that's you, you're saying, Phil, that's me. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to give you an opportunity to have your life changed forever. On the count of three, I want you to lift up your hands. I'm not going to put a mic in your face. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to see who I'm praying for. One, two, three. You lift up your hands if you want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you in the back. I see you. You can put your hands down. Praise Jesus. Really believe you made the greatest decision ever. We're going to celebrate you here in a moment, but I want to lead you in a prayer. In Calvary, we do this every single Sunday. Let's come alongside of our brothers and sisters and let's say this prayer together. To repeat after me prayer goes like this. I want you to know that we're making it a repeat after me prayer to help you with this first prayer, but it's you talking to Jesus and Jesus listening to your prayer. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I thank you and I love you. And everybody said, come on, let's put our hands together. Thank you, Anthony. Hey, greatest decision of your life, I promise you. Here's what I know. If I was to pass the mic around to everybody that made that decision, you would hear story after story after story of how God is changing lives. And here's the thing, there's no scam. There's no fraud here. It's, it's, we really believe that the Son of God comes into your life and He changes it from the inside out. I guarantee you this, if you give Jesus a year of your life, you'll never be the same ever again, forever. And so we're celebrating and believing that God's gonna make a story out of your life and it's gonna be awesome. But here's what we know as well. You raise your hand, you're probably like, okay, what's next? What do I do? First off, keep coming on a Sunday. But the first thing you should do is right after service, we have an amazing dream team that wants to get a gift in your hands. And let me tell you, these gifts are awesome. I think about giving my life again just so I can get this gift. It's awesome. It's, they're great. It's awesome. And you can see some of the stuff we have. But ultimately, we just want to be a resource, get to know you, and just, just, just help you on this journey. And so right after service, I don't think it's raining. Look, it rained at the 9 a.m., and people still got their gift bags. So make sure you get one of these. It's free. And we want to make sure that you know Calvary loves you. We're here for you. And we want to make sure that you live a blessed life. So thank you so much, Anthony. Hey, let's sing one more time. But before that, I want to pray for your week. And I pray that this week, try it out. Live a life of obedience. Live a life of submission. Get some authority in your life. Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's three people. You put them in a group chat. You say, hey, you have all authority to check me when I'm not living where I'm supposed to live. And I promise you, when you start doing that, you'll be a better person than you are today. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. So let me pray for your week. And let's leave here blessed. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for your love towards us. Thank you for the word of God that teaches us, that challenges us, that makes us better. I pray that this week, God, we would represent you well. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. Let's sing one more time.